Thanks as always for having me on, Kevin. I am the Skipper Dude, proud Broncos fan since 1984. So today we're going to talk about a phenomenon that I like to call the Frank Solich Syndrome. My, my premise today is pretty simple and straightforward. Yes, after losing to the Browns and dropping the Broncos to 6-8 and eight for the season, Vance Joseph is likely to be fired and not come back as head coach for the 2019 season. But if you think that Vance Joseph is the only or at least the biggest problem for the Broncos in, 19, in 2018, and you think that firing him will be a step forward for the Denver Broncos organization, then I have news for you. Number one, the problems with the Broncos right now go way deeper than Vance Joseph, which we'll explore. And number two, because of the deeper system, systematic problems facing the Broncos right now, your chances of finding a head coach who's better than Vance Joseph are probably less than 50-50. Okay, so, so here's some good news for, for you Bronco fans. If, if you are a, a Bronco fan who, who also happens to despise the University of Nebraska football program, um, the first part of the segment is going to kind of warm your heart anyway. So as most of you know, the golden age of, of Big Red football really began about 1962 under head coach Bob Devaney. Bob Devaney had 11 seasons in Lincoln. The, the Huskers won eight Big, eight Big Eight championships and two national championships. And then Devaney was, was replaced by Dr. Tom, Tom Osborne, who took over in 1973. And in 25 years, he won another 12 Big Eight and Big, or Big 12 championships and three national championships, 1994, 1995, and 1997. Now, one thing I've learned in 30 years in the business world in my own life is that a big part of your own personal success is going to be strangely tied to the size of the shoes you're filling when you take on a new job. So if you're if you take a job that replaces a total loser, as I, I've been fortunate to do a couple times, you can fill his or her shoes with just above average work and you'll be a hero. Replace a rock star and you're pretty well doomed to failure no matter how well you actually do in your job. So in Lincoln, Dr. Tom retired after the 1997 season, having won three national championships in four years. And the poor schlub who had the unfortunate job of having to fill Dr. Tom's shoes was a longtime assistant coach named Frank Solich. And in all honesty, Solich did a pretty good job of continuing the Dr. Tom legacy. He, he went 9-4 and four and had a top 10 rank in 1998, 12-1, Big 12 champions in 1999, 10-2 um, in 2000, 11-2 in 2001, both with top 10 final rankings. But then the wheels kind of fell off in 2002, and the Huskers fell to 7-7. Seven and seven. And, and now, obviously, this did not sit well with the UNL leadership, who at that point would have found, probably found 7-7 seven seven unacceptable, if not even intolerable. And, and of course, rather than blaming some natural dynasty fatigue uh, on their slide out of the top 10, instead, they blamed Frank Solich, probably put him on a very short leash. So five seasons for Frank Solich, three top 10 finishes in a Big 12 championship, but he was simply not Dr. Tom or Bob Devaney. But so in, in 2003, Solich led the Huskers to a fairly mediocre nine and three start that left them toward the bottom of the top 25 and Solich was fired. The Huskers won their final game, the Alamo Bowl, and finished 10 and three in a number 19 ranking. But now you can be certain that at this point, there was plenty of confidence, if not even some arrogance among the UNL front office, quote unquote, that that 
And they, they probably felt pretty certain that they could just find their new Dr. Tom because, of course, they were the University of Nebraska, and the University of Nebraska had been great for 30 years. And there was a certain feeling of birthright that the wild success that they had in the 60s and 70s was just a head coach away. I mean, they, they were just, you know, they were the University of Nebraska. But as they started their head coach search, something strange happened. Nobody applied. And, and it, it for, in fact, it became a discussion item nationally, I think, among national, the, the, the inner circle of head coaches. And, and, and I remember a reporter picking up on this discussion and, and actually asking on, on live TV, a, a big time, one of the big time head coaches at, at um, the time, I don't remember the name, but, but he asked if he'd be re- applying for the Nebraska head coach job. And I think that the, the head, this head coach's reply had to send shockwaves all through Nebraska. The head coach said, who wants to go and coach somewhere where you get fired for going 10 and 3? Think about that. And and surely enough, nobody of any note applied for the job. So UNL basically scraped the bottom of the barrel, having nobody of note who would apply. They found nothing among even the scrapings at the bottom of the barrel. And then they called on Bill Callahan, who was pretty well in embarrassment with the Raiders, and had been fired after going 4-12, and 12, completely losing the locker room in Oakland in 2003. And, and Callahan started a, a descent into mediocrity for the, for the Huskers. He, he went 5-6, and six, and then 8-4, and 9-5, and 5-7 and seven over his four years. And, and only once in those four years did he finish in the top 25. In fact, it was at number 24. So Callahan then uh, left and, and gave way to Bo Pelini, who, who was better, 67-28 over, over seven years. Pelini gave way to Mike Riley, who was 19-19 over three years, definitely sliding into mediocrity. And that led to Scott Frost, who came in with basically no talent with his team, went 4-8 and eight this year in, in 2018. So, so you can see that, that really starting with the firing of Frank Solich, the, the University of Nebraska started a downward spiral into mediocrity, that even today, 15 years later, they have not gotten away from or got not, not gotten out of. So now let's bring this back to the Broncos and Vance Joseph. Guys, the Bronc- Denver Broncos organization right now is a mess. Our 30 years of almost nonstop success was the result of two men, mostly, Pat Boland and John Elway. And one of them, Mr. B, is gone. And where we had arguably the greatest owner in NFL history for the better part of 30 years, that's been replaced by a bunch of snot-nosed, silver-spoon trust fund babies who are going to end up, I think, spending more time launching lawsuits at each other than running the team if they're allowed to stay in power. And in addition to the smoking hole in ownership, the Broncos have no long-term answer quarterback, no legitimate prospects at quarterback for 2019 beyond Case Keenum. So one thing we can say about St. Vance Joseph with absolute 100% certainty, he's not going to go 10-3 and this year and get fired, right? If he gets fired, it won't be a perfect example of Frank Solich syndrome, but there are two thoughts I want to leave you with here. Number one, the problems with the Denver Broncos go way deeper than Vance Joseph. If you think that a new head coach and a new scheme is going to fix the ownership situation or suddenly turn Case Keenum into the second coming of Tom Brady, then you're dreaming. VJ may make a great scapegoat, I suppose, but replacing him is not going to get this team any closer to the Super Bowl. And number two, and this is actually probably more important, picture yourself for a moment as a big 
up-and-coming head coaching prospect. Joe DiFilippo, um, Lincoln Riley, Zach Taylor, e. Eric Bieniemy. You have three options to choose from right at the moment. And of course, you'll have more after December 31st. But right now, let's say that we fire St. Vance Joseph and, and we end up with three options, Green Bay, Cleveland, and Denver. Okay, Green Bay has one of the best ownership situations in the NFL, being publicly owned and, and great oversight to that, to that front office. And they have at least a few more years with a legendary quarterback in Aaron Rodgers. Cleveland is, as always, of course, their front office is a train wreck, kind of ha- always has been. But they also have an up-and-coming team with a bright young quarterback in Baker Mayfield and a stud defender in Miles Garrett. What does Denver have to recommend itself to you right now? A few more years of Von Miller, Philip Lindsay, John Elway in the front office. Why would you choose Denver over either Green Bay or Cleveland if you're a hot coaching prospect? Is it because of some birthright that Denver has to be a great organization? You know, not not since um, Pat Bolin has, has ceased to be active in the front office. Well, you're saying it can't get any worse than Vance Joseph. But guys, that's exactly what the University of Nebraska said about Frank Solich when he went 7-7 seven and seven in 2002. It just can't get any worse. But guess what? It did. It got much, much worse for the Big Red over the, over the coming years. So, Kevin, I'd propose to you that the only thing separating the Broncos right now from teams like the Raiders and Browns is John Elway. He, I believe, is managing to hold together a semblance of stability in light of the awful, awful ownership situation above him and the lack of a franchise quarterback beneath him. If you get rid of VJ right now, don't be surprised if this becomes the Denver Broncos' Frank Solich moment. And rather than the next head coach bringing us back to Super Bowl contention, he doesn't drive us into perpetual mediocrity instead. Kevin, back to you.